Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Thanks for joining us on Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm joins me shortly, and today we'll get a fishing report from River's Edge Resort in the Dells. We look at spring activities in Florence County, from fishing to turkey hunting and more. And John Small reports on his first Lake Superior kayak outing of the year. Think blue sky, but 37-degree water. Woo-hoo! All that and more coming up right here on Outdoors Radio. Time now for the Madison Outdoor Report. You'll hear this feature every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, on our podcast on Lake Link and iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Join us once again is McFarland Guide Ron Bearfield. Ron, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Well, you're very welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Well, we've got a uh, we've got uh, 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 early spring. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys talking about uh, getting on the water, getting their boats out a little earlier than they some of them even remember. I mean, it it did seem to come quick, didn't it? <laughs> it came very quick. It uh, the water temperature. For, I'll give an example. Uh, just midweek, this last week, I was on Lake Wisconsin uh, three days, and it's the water temperature on the main lake was 53 degrees on the surface, and in the bays it was pushing 60 degrees in a couple of the bays. Uh, of course, that's back in a ways, you know, it wasn't right at the mouth or anything, but it's getting pretty warm. And uh, also the bluegills are starting to come into the bays and, and, uh, and the bass. I'm starting to see a lot of them in there. So uh, they're liking that warm water as well. It's interesting because uh, because there are there are multiple reasons uh, that things happen, right? Like if you just have warm water, you likely won't have the same weed growth. Or if you just have weed growth, you may not have the warm water. And that happens with both the photo period and your water temp and sunshine and rain and things like that. And are we? Are, are we what are we going to see? Are we going to see like triple trickle spawns because of this? I mean, what do you anticipate? in your experience in years where we have had maybe an early spring rise like this? Well, normally it's a, when it's early like this, as long as it stays like this and that doesn't all of a sudden, you know, turn absolutely ridiculously cold for a couple of weeks or a week at a time. Um, I think they're going to, everything will be maybe two weeks to possibly even three weeks ahead of time for say a spawn for bluegills or even the bass. Um, uh, last year, I'll give an example. Last year, you know, remember it, it, it got warm, but then it got cold again. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the bass came up on the beds. A few of them are actually spawning in late April. This was, now this is on Lake Wisconsin. Right. And, um, the darker water, of course, warms a little bit quicker. Um, but they started spawning earlier and some of them, I think, got, actually got it done by, you know, that first week in May. And, um, a lot of them, of course, and when it got cold, Moved, you know, moved it on to a normal year, but uh, a, a year like this, I, I think everything's going to be ahead of time. The walleyes were ahead of time this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, uh, they're pretty well spawned out, of course. And uh, once that water reaches, starts reaching 44, you know, to 46 degrees, they're usually uh, getting pretty active into the to, to the spawn. And uh, this year, everything was pretty quick. So once once that water started to warm, it it happened really fast. So I expect that I expect that again this year. I think it's interesting to uh, to to note those things, and and it's always kind of fun. I, I'm sure you write some stuff down or have in the past, and and you yeah. can see where in years past what uh, what patterns happen. And I think when when guys you know they plan their trips out uh, a year ahead of time very often, and uh, they you know they they're gonna be they're gonna be bummed out. They miss a bite by maybe just a week <laughs> or so, you know, at times. But then. But then you can also find bites in different ways. I think that's really where you gain a lot of experience is that you, you, you go out maybe anticipating one thing, you get to that body of water, you get to your location, and you go ahead and you learn something new. I think it's a great way for folks to really uh, get a chance to explore. Instead of just hitting the same bite in the same place, they kind of get a chance to explore. And some would consider it wasting time. Others would really, really love it. I, I'm that type of person. It's a it's a learning experience in a way. If you haven't haven't done it before, of course, over the years I've 
had so many different uh, scenarios uh, going on in the spring that uh, once you figure out, a, a, they're, they're always going to be there, and they, they, I don't care if they've just got done spawning, they'll bite. You just got to figure out how to catch them and where they're located. And uh, the location is the biggest key, I think. It, you know, some of them will be in, for instance, Mississippi River. Um, early on, you know, they were deep, 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 and then all of a sudden when they started to move up here a week and a half or two weeks ago to start spawning, all of a sudden, we're catching them out of three feet of water, you know, four feet of water. Wow. And we just had to change our techniques, and that was within a couple of days. I mean, one day I was catching them in 20 feet of water. The next day, they weren't going so well in the, you know, that deeper water, and we weren't marking as many fish. Well, they had slid up, and they were actually spawning up in up on the flats and uh, the, the gravel bars that they, they normally spawn in, and uh, they had moved up and were there. So, I mean, we caught them on crankbaits. We caught them on... On plastics, you know, you didn't have to have live bait. You could you could catch them. They were there. But you had to search for them and figure out where they were at. And so now that's been the, the river system. What about uh, any of the Madison lakes uh, that you've uh, that you've experienced or heard about? Well, right now, the early bite, of course, is going to be panfish. You can fish bass year-round, and there'll be bass up where If you find panfish in the spring, you're going to find bass. They're, they're going to be there. They they they're well they're both basically a panfish and uh are in the same basic family but they um uh will, will react a lot to the water temperatures the same way in other words the bluegills and the bass were in thick yesterday and and uh up on the in the shallow water and um you, you're going to find the madison chain is going to be about the same way you're going to find that warmest water you're going to find fish uh, places like mud lake um you know, uh, there, there's uh, a good, pretty good crappie bite going on there right now. There's, uh, you know, the, those fish are actually coming up uh, along that. There's a deeper dredge hole there, but they're coming up to the shallower water. They're up in that four or five feet of water right now. They're looking for that warmer water, and it's pretty warm back in there. There's a lot of muck in there, so, you know, that'll warm up a little quicker, say, than sand. And um, same thing is going to hold true for, say, Mendota. You know, they move into those canals along uh, – Marshall Park or County Park and or even that North Shore. Uh that's a very that's a big sleeper up there as well where it's muddy and three feet deep, it uh it warms up pretty quick and that's where they're gonna be. So now that we've got these uh these post spawn walleyes and, and folks have uh, can chase some panfish at least for the next few weeks, what's the best tactic for going after some of these walleyes now that they're not uh all schooled up in such big schools? Well, now they're going to start. They're going to start feeding. Uh, I think more aggressively. They usually do, um, and I'll actually start getting more aggressive with it and, and trolling uh, like stick baits or uh, or rep- floating repellas. I like them on a on like a three way rig, you know, or or um, uh, any kind of a crankbait that you can get down and keep it at a couple miles an hour or less, you know. That's and keep it working. Uh, you're going to find them in say oh instead of being out there in that 25 to 30 feet of water. You're going to find them in say 18 to 15 to 18 feet right now. Um, I'll just use that as an example because that's kind of where, at least yesterday when I was on Lake Wisconsin, we were catching walleyes that were had been deep, and we were starting to catch them up on those flats where they come up 15 feet and shallower. So uh, don't you can be more aggressive with them, after, you know, after that post spawn. In yeah. other words, like I say, trolling and, and even even though we troll a little bit while they're spawning as well. They'll be more aggressive uh, in that post-spawn situation, and they're more aggressive because they're they're really repacking the energy back on they lost after what what we wouldn't consider a very long spawning period, but uh, for a small little fish, it it is just a few and weeks is crazy. That's exactly right, and uh, they'll put the feedback on for a while, and then they'll back off again. They'll load up and and uh, get whatever protein they needed back in their system, and. And uh, then they'll they'll kind of scatter out a little bit more. Uh, right now, when you find them, it, keep going over that same area where you catch one because they'll be more efficient. They're still in groups, you know. They're but they're, whereas when it gets a little bit warmer, it seems like they scatter out a little bit more. Well, now uh, we we've talked a lot about fishing, but I know you enjoy your uh, your turkey hunting as well. And uh, I got to imagine you're kind of getting yourself lined up for that. Do you have a first season tag? I do. I have the I have the first season uh, again this year, and uh, we, I was, as a matter of fact, I was out uh, checking them uh, this morning with my granddaughter, and she's six. And we had two big toms. Uh, they're they're strutting right now like a son of a gun. <laughs> so they're uh, 
they're they're pretty active. Uh, I am noticing there's less birds right now, and I'm just and I'm not seeing them out any you know in a lot of areas like I usually do, uh, especially with this nice weather. And I'm wondering if possibly uh, the, the winter that real three weeks of very severe cold and deep snow didn't uh, kill a few of our birds because uh, the friend of mine that I hunt on his farm a lot, he found two birds dead, just you know just dead. In the woods, so I'm wondering if uh, it didn't get hit them pretty hard this spring. Yeah, it's certainly a possibility. Well, obviously, uh-huh. we will find out here uh, after the season, after the Memorial Day weekend, which is the the final period of our of our season here in Wisconsin. What uh, what the harvest rates are and what angler or what uh, hunters are seeing. But uh, I would have to agree with you. I, I do think that uh, even though it wasn't uh, an all winter long. Uh, parade of um, uh, bitter, bitter cold weather. I think it was just that right shot of weather, of of, of cold weather and and snow that really did some animals in both uh, both deer, turkey, and, and other animals. So exactly. I, and he he also found, and he's he owns a little bit of property, but I mean he found uh, seven deer carcasses as mm, well. Yeah. On his property, and uh, three bucks, and the rest were those. But. Uh, um, so it, and he said most of them were young deer, it looked like. So, mm-hmm. um, so that might've hit them as hard, hard as well, you know? So like I said, I'm not seeing the birds I usually see. Yeah. So, so I was just wondering about that. Well, best of luck. We'll talk to you right after that, uh, that season again, I would imagine. And we'll, uh, we'll get a fi- updated fishing report at that time too. That sounds good. Ron Bearfield joining us from McFarland for the Madison Outdoor Report. You can hear this feature every week on WTSO, the Big 1070, on our podcast on Lakelink, and on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. More Outdoors Radio is on right after this. Well, joining me once again from his home studio in tropical Adams County is Jeff Kelm. Jeff, um... Easter Bunny visit your place this year? <laughs> um, they visited my parents place yeah um we uh we went over to uh my parents for uh for some easter celebrations and yeah believe it or not the easter bunny uh dropped stuff off for the kids there it was weird oh and the kids enjoyed (laughs) it of course of course they did absolutely yep yeah yeah good uh anything exciting going on over there no you know we did a little bit of uh fishing on the uh the wisconsin river out of nakusa but uh, the water level is so so low or at least it was last week and um and it it uh the flow is low the bite is there in like little tiny flurries you can get hit but you're really not catching a ton of fish and yeah. it just kind of seems like a bit of a trickle effect that's all interesting interesting you have a tournament coming up but not this weekend right yeah absolutely i've got a tournament coming up at port clinton ohio on lake erie and next mm-hmm. weekend and then uh the weekend after that we're over in uh, Ortonville, Minnesota, uh, Big Stone Lake. So we got back-to-back MWC tournaments. That doesn't happen often, uh, but due to a scheduling conflict with uh, with a few other folks that uh, a few other t- tournament circuits across the nation, we just try to avoid that. And and uh, one of our uh, kind of things we did was we went back-to-back on an event so that they were open for an event of theirs. Yeah, well, that's cooperation, and you kind of have to do that in this business when everybody's competing for weekends and water and anglers i guess yeah absolutely yep so uh hear any turkeys over that way you know i've heard a few uh we had one morning where it was just that kind of cloudy not windy kind of warm it it was it felt like turkey weather right yeah and uh and the birds were just going nuts everything that made noise (laughs) louder than a than a than a than a hand clap was making birds gobble so it was it was pretty cool to to, to hear, um, but I haven't heard a lot, and uh, I, I would imagine it might just be that they're not you know not around my house right now. But uh, but I haven't really gone to look for them either. Yeah, well, you you have a season B second period, right? That's correct. I got a second period, so I got a little ways to wait yet. Uh, I can certainly go and um, and look for birds now, but uh, things will certainly be different by the end of the month. Oh yeah, they move around as you know. They they're still dispersing. Um, I have not seen or heard one, but then I haven't gone anywhere. My neighbor uh, has seen has heard a couple, and that's up on the land I usually hunt on other yeah. neighbors' property. So, and I have a first period 
uh, tag. So I'm hoping to be able to get up there at least for maybe a couple of late mornings or afternoons. I don't plan to do the pre-dawn thing, at least not just yet. Well, I hope you're able to get up and out and, and uh, enjoy some of that. Yeah, me too, for sure. You know, John and Sally Ann visited us uh, just before Easter. They were doing, um, <clears throat> well, I'll talk to him a little bit later here, but they they were helping some folks on a mushroom farm, and they were about halfway here, and he called and he said, yeah, we're coming down. So they visited for a couple days. It was nice to see them. And uh, other than that, the big event here was our second annual Easter Sunday chick hatch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, um, you know, we, the hens go broody when they do, and you put eggs under them, and you count 21 days and write it on the calendar. And this particular first hen uh, timed out to be due on the 21st, or on, uh, was that Easter? I'm, I've lost track. But on Easter, and uh, she, um, she hatched half of them on uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, we had eight eggs under her. I think she hatched four, and then three more on Monday, and then the last one never did hatch, which happens. You know, we never have a, rarely have a 100% hatch. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But they're yeah, up, absolutely. Yeah, they're up and about and, uh, you know, learning how to be chickens. I suppose they will learn that from mom very quickly, won't they? Oh, they do. And the moms, this is a first-year mom, and she's really good. Uh, generally speaking, we have... We have good hens that go broody and are real protective of the nest and then super protective of the chicks once they're out. So, so far, so good on this one. And we got one more that's due this coming week, I think. And then nobody else has gone broody just yet, but we'll probably get a couple more. That's awesome. You that's know, always fun um, to watch. Yeah, they are. They're fun to, uh, now you get them, you buy them as day old chicks, right? I do. I buy them as day olds, but uh, I've been around enough birds to uh, to enjoy the the broodiness of some birds. And we have tried to hatch some, yeah. uh, but uh, our birds will go broody for so long, and then they just kind of give up. They give up. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what what causes that or what triggers them to just go uh, and sit on the nest. Uh, these two, and most of our birds, once they go broody, they go into a trance. I mean, you you can't. You have to pick them up and take them out of the nest box <clears throat> to get them to eat and drink and to poop. You know, otherwise they'd just sit there. And we've had one over the years die, just, you know, just never move. And eventually she died on the nest. <clears throat> mm. So we're pretty, <clears throat> pretty careful with that now. For sure. <clears throat> well, speaking of turkeys, which we were a minute ago, John is seeing them everywhere up north. And of course he's driving around up there and, uh, we did not get permits for our land in Zone 6 because they were all sold out. But every time he's on the property, he sees birds and driving between Bayfield and Ashland, he sees birds. So the guys who got lucky and got permits should see some action up there. Well, uh, coming up, speaking of John, John's going to report on his first Lake Superior kayak outing of the year. Wendy Gelhoff, who's the executive director of Florence County Economic Development, is going to summarize some early spring fun and invite listeners to come up to Florence County, where there's a lot going on. And we'll kick things off with a Wisconsin River report from Botch Leonhart of River's Edge Resort in the Dells. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Get outside and let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land, 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. 
Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we've made over the years. We can't even begin to imagine how many batteries we've put into our community's cars, boats, campers, ATVs, businesses, and homes over the past nine decades. We want to thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. As we continue to power through winter, we can't wait to see you soon to prep your boats, motorcycles, and all of your summer toys. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Don't forget to ask your sales representative about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm Voted Best and Rated Best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678. Or visit Hupie.com, and all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham are open for business if you need help. Well, joining us once again from River's Edge Resort in Wisconsin Dells, of course, on the Wisconsin River, is Botch Leonhardt. Botch, good to talk to you again. How you doing today, Dan? Well, I'm doing better. It's, um, it's sunny. It's been nice this week. Of course, we'll have a little weather before the week is over, but... Good to see that it's warming up. Yes, it feels good, and the guys are out on the river, so everything's going good up here. Well, good. How is the fishing? You know what? The fishing's been pretty decent now. The fish are into the spawning patterns, but we are still seeing quite a few fish come in, you know, keeper size. So the guys are still doing doing fairly well. Well, good, good. And where are they getting them? Up by the dam or down below? What What's up? No, up, up on the humps by the dam has still been very good with um, just a split shot minnow. And then now a lot of the guys are hitting the shorelines towards evening for the bigger the bigger females. Yeah. And uh, they're using jig and plastic. They're using shad wraps. They're using husky jerks. So it, it's, a, it's a, a wide range of uh, things now. Well, good, good. Have you seen any real hogs come in? You know what? This year there just wasn't as many big ones as as normal. I don't know if it's the weather, the people, or what. It just there was some there were some nice fish. Don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't any real huge hogs. Uh huh. Okay. Well, if somebody wanted to come up there and fish, um, what would you recommend they use? Well, right now I'd still stick with the split shot minnow up uh, up towards the dam and in about. Eh, 16 to 18 foot of water still, because that's where you're going to find a lot of your keepers. These bigger fish are in the shallow water sunning themselves, but uh, those are the fish that you're you're going to catch and then throw back right away, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, now, you've got a, a midweek special that's been going on for a while. Is that still happening? Yeah, we run that all the way to the end of April, and what that is is that's um, uh, one night's lodging, you can either get one king or two doubles. You get two 16-ounce T-bone dinners with all the fixings, coffee and donuts in the morning, and your boat launch for both days. And that is $85, and that's so it'd be like 42.50 a guy. Wow. You know, and so you get you get your 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 lodging, your 16-ounce T-bone dinner with all the fixings, and uh, boat launch and coffee and donuts. Yeah, that sounds like a deal. Yeah, it's 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 to try to get people up here during the week. It's a midweek special, we call it, um, to get people up here. Besides the week, weekends are busy, so we try to get the people up here during the week, and we give them a little break on the food and on the room, 
and encourage the midweek. Sure, sure, sure. And then you've got your annual tournament coming up in a couple of weeks. Yes, that's going to be April 23rd, 24th, 25th. It starts on noon, starts at noon on Friday and noon on Sunday. Uh, it's $10 entry. We pay one through 25 places and that also includes door prizes and your chicken dinner at the end of it. Uh-huh, okay. And, um, you, you, you want people to pre-register, I would imagine. Yeah, we, we, uh, we'll take res- uh, registration all, uh, till Saturday at noon. Cause a lot of people just come in till, um, you know, they don't get here till Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So we'll take people can enter up until noon on Saturday. Okay. How many people usually participate in that? Usually we get 150 up to 200 people. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a nice tournament. It's a, it's a fun tournament. You don't have to be a professional fisherman by any means. It can be kids and uh, everybody. You know, it, it's a it's a good tournament because we pay one through twenty five. Uh, we pay thirteen place, lucky thirteen. So it, it it's it's a good fun tournament. Yeah, that sounds good. And you've been doing this now for how many years? Oh my goodness, since my. Way back when my father started it, and that's been like 35 years ago. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so it keeps us it keeps keeps us going in the end of April. Yeah, and you have uh, you have good turnout, and people look forward to that. I would imagine. Yes, it's a nice family family get together, and with a lot of repeat customers, and yeah, we we welcome everybody. Yeah, and I suppose if somebody wanted to. Uh, tack a midweek special on the beginning of that. They could do that, right? And then, and then uh, they should. That that would be a good plan. Come up a couple days early, get that midweek special, get the tournament, and yeah, that's that's a good plan, actually. Yeah, excellent. Well, um, I'm glad to hear things are going well there, and the river level looks good. I've been watching your your river cam. Yes, we uh, the river's been good. Uh, actually, we haven't seen a big. In, influx of water this year. I don't know. I guess we just haven't had that much uh, runoff, you know. Yeah, I think I think the runoff ran off, and uh, there hasn't hasn't been a lot of rain. No. Uh, so that's good. I mean, at least you don't get big washouts. Exactly. So yeah, been having a pretty decent year, so we can't complain. Okay, good. Well, we'll check in with you again and see how things are going, but. Uh, we appreciate the report, and I'm glad people are catching walleyes at the Dells. That's always good to hear. Well, thank you, Dan. You bet. Botch Leonhart with a Wisconsin River fishing report from Wisconsin Dells. He's the proprietor of River's Edge Resort in the Dells. Their website is riversedgeresort.com, and you can learn about their midweek special on their website, and they have that uh, great tournament coming up. April 23rd, 4th, and 5th, so check that out as well. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupe and Abraham. They're named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham. 800-800-5678 or visit hupie.com. And all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa are open for business if you need help. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. back to Outdoors Radio. Dan Small here and joining us now with a Lake Superior report is our Northwoods correspondent and my son, John Small. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great to see you and Sally Ann for a couple days last week. Um, A surprise visit, but a very enjoyable one. Yeah, it was good for me too. It was good to catch up and kind of move into spring. Yeah, I would imagine that as you drove south, you saw spring kind of happening along the way, right? Yeah, we definitely saw the snow disappear uh, quite immediately. And then even on the way back, uh, there were still a few patches uh, on the south side of the road where the trees were basically 
blocking the sun, but yeah. otherwise it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I remember, and I don't know if you remember when when you were little, we used to drive from Ashland down to Madison to visit Tom Serpernon and his family, a, a colleague from Northland College, and we would usually go down during Easter break, and we would leave uh, Washburn or Ashland, and it was there was snow on the ground, and halfway there you see people uh, raking their lawns and. Uh, tulips starting to pop, and by the time you get to Madison, people are mowing their lawn. So, yeah. in that 300 mile stretch, you would see, um, you know, a, a couple weeks worth of spring happening uh, along the way. Yeah. Well, uh, you've been pretty busy all winter with uh, skiing and and uh, maple syruping and everything, and now that spring is here, you've got a whole new pile of activities. And you uh, dug the kayaks kayaks out this past weekend for the first time. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, on Saturday, we went out for almost three hours uh, out here just off Bayfield in the lake mm-hmm. and had a good paddle. Um, got all the gear kind of sorted out, the racks sorted out. It took us probably twice as long as it usually does, maybe longer, to even get on the water, just piecing everything together. We don't have our system uh, all, all sorted <laughs> quite yet. So, yeah. Yeah, good. So, um, were you alone or did you go with some other folks? Uh, it was just us. You know, we, we put the word out on uh, text message, but we kind of were late when we when we threw it out there. And I know a few other groups went here and there. Um, but, yeah, it was just the two of us. Um, we left from Bayview uh, Beach just off Highway 13, mm-hmm. and uh, we saw a couple other paddlers out there, um, but uh, nobody we knew. Okay, and you went north? Uh, we did, yep, yep. The wind was uh, blowing, so we went uh, into it, and we was blowing out of the north, and we went into it, which is the easiest way to you know deal with that. Uh, we paddled north around a couple points, checked out some houses on the shore, um poked around in some of the features, uh, you know, the rock outcroppings and little, not quite sea stacks, but uh, piles of rocks that we could paddle in and around. Sure. Yeah, there, there aren't any caves right in that stretch, are there? No, no, but it has, you know, pretty red cliffs. It looks good. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. nice to paddle there, and the water's crystal clear, so it's fun. Yeah, I saw the, the one photo you posted, and... Uh, yeah, it's gorgeous, uh, certainly, uh, especially on a on a sunny day. Well, uh, did you happen to take the water temperature? Uh, you know, I looked at it, and it was between 37 and 38 degrees. <laughs> so, yeah, it was frigid. That's uh, that's Lake Superior in the spring for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I did I did just uh, before we left, got out of the water, I made sure I still had my roll. Oh. Um, so I I did roll once. And got an immediate ice cream headache, brain freeze. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it <laughs> wake you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you rolled on purpose? I did, yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, the other kayakers and paddlers you saw, were they adequately equipped as far as you could tell? You know, uh, they, they looked like they knew what they were doing, but I, they were wearing T-shirts, mm. um, which is... Definitely a no-no this time of year when the water's 37 degrees. Um, you know, you don't want to wear anything cotton. Uh, I couldn't tell what material it was, but they were just underdressed. Um, I think, you know, you really have to have immersion gear, at least a wetsuit. Yeah. Uh, you know, at least a wetsuit, uh, preferably a dry suit. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you spend even five minutes in that water, uh, you start to lose, you know, your, your senses on your, on your extremities and... You know, if, if it gets longer than that, you, you're going to go hypothermic, and it's not good. Oh, yeah. No, it can kill you in a half hour or less, actually, if you don't yeah. get out of it. Um, yeah. So you always kayak, at least the two of you, if not a larger group, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall ever going out alone, and that was kind of a, a standard practice from our North Brooklyn days. You know, mm-hmm. that was kind of a, a club rule. Yeah. Um, that just nobody goes out alone. And, you know, we, we let people even know here, even when it's the two of us, we let people know where we're leaving from, you know, mm-hmm. when we're going. Yeah. So 
you know, are reaching out to other people to invite them, at least kind of put it in somebody's mind that, hey, they're out kayaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So what if you, uh, if you capsize, now you are able to roll and, and uh, get back in the boat, uh, and you've got a dry suit or, and or a wetsuit, so once the, the water kind of drains off you, you should be okay, right? Yeah. And, you know, we didn't really make a crossing, um, so we were always within, you know, a quarter mile of shore. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, we're, we're dressed for the water, so, you know, under the dry suit, I had two layers. I had a, a you know, a thermal layer and, and basically a, a nylon sweatsuit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was hot, you know, uh, it was hot under that dry suit. Yeah. yeah. But again, dress for the water. You, you should dress to be submerged for, uh, you know, a period of time. And a dry suit is very thin. It's just Gore-Tex, so it won't keep you warm. It'll just keep you dry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what advice have you got for somebody who's uh, maybe an experienced paddler but hasn't taken on Lake Superior or Lake Michigan this early in the spring? Well, I mean, the biggest thing is watch the weather. Um, even if it's sunny and not windy, that changes very quickly around here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the water conditions aren't, aren't like a current-based system, but the wind uh, creates creates waves and, and situations that change uh, rapidly. Um, and you know, if it's if you're new to it, I would make sure you go with someone who has experience. Um, you know, it's just not worth the risk. Uh, in, in rigid waters, like sub 40 degrees, I mean, even sub 50. Yeah. Uh, it's just deadly. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a, an online group or, uh, would people, um, maybe go to a local, uh, shop up there to, uh, to meet other people and learn, you know, what options there are for early spring ca- uh, kayaking or kayaking anytime, actually? Yeah, you know, I, I'm in a Facebook group, but it, it seems to be mostly river kayakers from what I've seen. Uh, not a lot of, uh, you know, sea kayaking. Uh, there's outfitters here. There's Trek and Trail, White Kip Kayak, uh, a number of other ones where you can do paid trips. Um, but I think at this time of year, uh, a lot of the guides are just showing up and, and you know, going through their gear. Um you know, my, my best bet right now currently is, is a small text message group I have with just people we've met since we moved here in October. Uh-huh. Um, that seems to be the most productive for getting out on a trip with someone else. Uh, it's not as organized as it was in New York, you know, so uh, it's, it's a loose, loose group. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, um, on top of uh, kayaking, you've been doing some maple syrup gathering or sap gathering and boiling, I guess, right? spend a day on a mushroom farm down uh, near Turtle Lake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had a little interest in, in mushroom cultivation, and uh, I found these guys on uh, on YouTube and had reached out, and it turns out that they uh, they operate um, kind of with a, a volunteer um, structure where, you know, they, they kind of exchange information uh, for labor, I guess. So people who are interested uh, are always welcome to come help uh, on the farm. Uh, it's called Northwood Farm. Um, and, yeah, they were by Turtle Lake. Uh, Sally Ann and I spent the day um, kind of learning the process uh, of cultivating shiitakes on oak logs uh-huh. and uh, did a lot of log moving. Yeah, part of that process is hefting four-foot-long logs. <laughs> yes, that, that was the majority of the work. Yeah. <laughs> they were happy to see us. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, as you know, I've got uh I can't remember if I got 6 or 8 logs here. And I got a pretty good uh um uh, you call it a hatch or a bloom a couple times last summer. And I'm looking forward to getting some more this year. Um but uh, and and you're going to put some out yourself, right? 
Well, you know, at the end of the day, he, you know, he had a pile of uh, last year's logs that they kind of decommissioned, if you will. Yeah. Uh, he said, take take as many as you want. So we loaded up the back of the car. <laughs> uh, we ended up with 15 of them. So we have a nice little, nice little stack. Good, 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 good. And you got to keep them in some kind of shade um, mm-hmm. yeah, where they can get water or where you water them, right? Yep. So we, we've got them, we kind of have a little cedar stand. So it's a good shady situation, and it's it's very close to a uh, water source. So I think we'll be in good shape. Excellent. We doused them already as soon as we put them down. And now yeah. we're just kind of keeping an eye on them. Yeah, yeah, okay. And last question. I know we've been talking about this. Uh, the smelt run should be starting any time. Have you heard anything about any activity yet? I have not. You know, I updated and I've talked to a few friends of mine who are kind of in the know and nobody's seen anything yet. Uh huh. But that could change any day. Any day, maybe tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this warm weather is a good part of what triggers it. Yeah. And, and Steelhead, have you been fishing? Uh, I have not. Uh, I have a guide friend that has been taking people out on the brule and they're doing very well. Well, good. Good. Yeah. You should go out with him and uh, learn that river. It's a it's a great river. I never fished it that much when I lived up there, but it's uh, one of the best in the country, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, John, we'll let you go, and uh, I know you and I will keep in touch personally, but um, let's keep tabs on the kayaking and the smeltings and the steelhead situations, and maybe we can do another report fairly soon. Sounds good. We're definitely going to be out. All right. Thanks a lot, John. Yep. My son, John Small, our Northwoods correspondent, with a report on what's going on on Lake Superior right now. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. You know, Florence County, Wisconsin, one of our uh, popular recreation destinations in the North Woods in northeastern Wisconsin, they welcome you to explore thousands of acres of public land, county, state, and national forest. They've got wild rivers, they've got ATV, UTV trails, and a lot more, and you can learn all about these um opportunities and more at on their website exploreflorencecounty.com and joining us now with a spring activity outlook is Wendy Gelhoff she's the executive director of Florence County's economic development Wendy welcome back Thanks Dan nice talking to you today Yeah how was the winter up there in Florence County Oh, it was really good. We had a, a nice winter. The snowmobile season was a little short, but that made for better ice fishing, so it's kind of a give-and-take world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How was that big truck event on Kai's Peak? That was 
was awesome. We really appreciate you mentioning that event. Uh, we had 3,500 folks attend and uh, got a firsthand look at some amazing trucks, anywhere from the stock trucks from our locals all the way up to um, trucks that came as far away from Indiana, lower Michigan, Iowa. So it was a really great day, and we lucked out with perfect weather, 50-degree, blue, sunny day, wow. blue sky, sunny day. <laughs> oh, great, great, great. Well, uh, your uh, your ad that we're running now in uh, spring has a lot of options, so let's unpack that a little bit. What's going on up there? What do you want to focus on? Well, we're always exciting for opening fishing weekend. That's, uh, of course, the first weekend in May. There's a lot of different opportunities for fishermen of uh, all types, both lake fishermen and river fishermen. So with water levels having been high in the past, too, our trout population is continuing to improve, so it's a good destination for that. We've got a lot of good information about some of the hot spots on our website. In addition, um, Greg Matsky, our local DNR fisheries biologist, is someone you can reach out to at our visitor center, and he's always a wealth of information on some good places to fish. Uh, typically, he tells folks the, the flowages are some of the um, best places to start if you're looking for a variety of fishing, uh, the Brill River flowage uh, as well as the Pine River flowage. Um, down farther south in the county. So plenty of options. Um, and, of course, turkey season. I know I'm looking forward. My daughter's coming home. We're going to do some turkey hunting in, toward the end of April, so we're Ooh. looking forward to that. And Ooh, yeah. yeah. Has she... We typically venture out onto the Spread Eagle Barrens. Has she killed a bird? She has not. She's uh, recently gotten into hunting a little more. Now that she's got more time, uh, she's just, just about done with college. Um, she got a real nice buck this this fall, so she's uh, been a little more excited to get out and do some hunting. Excellent. Well, I hope she has some luck with the turkeys. Thank you. Now, how about the waterfalls? You've got several of them that you feature on your website. We do. We have seven different waterfalls, and there's a, a waterfall guide that you can get at our visitor center, or you can order it online as well, and they'll mail it to you. And it gives distances um, and, and directions to get to the different waterfalls, as well as kind of a description about not only the hiking trail going into the falls, but the falls itself, because they're all very different. Um, anywhere from the 66-foot fall uh, breakwater falls down to some that you might be more inclined to call rapids, but some of, they've been called waterfalls for a long time, so we continue to do so. Sure. Both the Pine and the Popple River, which are um, state-designated wild rivers. So spring is a great time to see the waterfalls because of the higher water levels, they're a lot more exciting. Yeah, and the, and the water flow is probably higher and the foliage is down. Definitely right. So it's uh, a couple of them can be rather thundering depending on the if we've had rain recently. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, okay. Now, for people who want to paddle these rivers, um, uh, do you have um, a brochure that, that gives people the best options? We do have the DNR Pine and Popple Wild River brochure, which can also be ordered online. And there's a chart as well in the waterfall guide that talks about some of the paddling options. Uh, there's fast water and slow water trips, so you don't have to be an expert paddler. There's different sections you can do that have um, really no rapids versus others that are, are definitely more for the skilled paddler. Um, we've got a gentleman that will be coming up north here in May that, that runs our uh, shuttle business. And, you know, he uh, he's an expert on the different things as well. So I definitely want to reach out to natureswaterpark.com. Carl Nelson is helpful with planning um, shuttle trips. And one, of course, that anyone can do is the Pine River Oxbow. What's great about that is you don't need a shuttle. Where you put in and where you take out is less than a quarter mile apart, so you can walk back to your car. And uh, in the spring, if you're paddling, that's probably a pretty short trip, I would say an hour and a half to two hours. But uh, as the summer goes on, it gets longer as the water levels drop. Sure. That'd be a great one to get started on so uh, so you don't overdo sure. it your first time out. That's right. And there are a couple. Uh, you can extend that trip to a couple different takeouts farther down the Pine River. And, again, that's all slow water, so you can make that trip as short or as long as you'd like to. Yeah. You've got a bass tournament coming up in July. It's a little early to talk about it, but uh, what's that all about? It, 
it is a little early, but we do tend to fill up, so uh, you might want to get registered. And the order that you register in determines the order that you start that morning. So um, you can look for that event on our website under uh, exploreflorencecounty.com. But this year it's July 10th, Saturday, July 10th. We've got a 50-boat limit, and it is $75 per boat, um, two people to a boat. The check-in time is at 5 a.m., uh, start time 6 a.m., and then weigh-in is at 2 p.m. Uh, the nice thing about this on the Vagabond Park, which is the Twin Falls flowage, uh, you can use a Wisconsin or a Michigan fishing license because it's a border water. Oh, nice. Uh, so, okay. you know, yeah, it is very nice. It's a catch-and-release event, and typically we hand out about $2,600 in prize money. Cool. Now, does this usually fill up? You said there's a limit to the number of people. It usually does. Um, last year, it did not quite fill up, partly due to COVID, I'm guessing, but um, pretty much every other year, it's been full. Um, sometimes it's not full till the last week, but it, it varies, and we do try to promote it early just so folks are aware. Yeah, good, good. Now, you've also mentioned mud drags. What's that all about? Well, and I, I don't have the date for us on that just yet. It, in the past, it's been at the end of June, but it's something to watch on our website. Just like the, the trucks that were on the uphill truck drag event this winter in the snow, a lot of those same trucks will come here for a mud drag. Um, so there's different classes from regular trucks up to the, the nitro um, kind of more jacked-up trucks. So it's at our fairgrounds, and they've got a special track they use, and it's always a pretty exciting day as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll be talking to you again before then, so maybe you'll have details by, by then. Right, right. And, yeah, and I just wanted to mention the, the visitor center on yeah. the corner of Highway 2 and US 70. Um, that's where folks can get more information. Um, there's a help, helpful front desk staff folks there and a lot of brochures, but brochures can be mailed to you as well if you're good at pre-planning and want to get some of those things coming. Yeah, I know when we were up there a couple of years ago for a bear hunt, we stopped in the visitor center. It's It's got a little museum, and uh, you've got DNR naturalists there, and I think uh, that's also a DNR field office, isn't it? It is. That's kind of a unique building in the state. It's It houses both our county forestry and parks, so you can get, um, like, the boat landing stickers there and um, firewood permits and such. And then also, like you mentioned, the DNR offices are all there, um, although they have been uh, working from home still, I'm pretty sure, due to COVID. But there's experts there in regards to forestry, fisheries, wildlife. And then the U.S. Forest Services also has their office there as well for the Shaquamigan Nicolay. Uh, we're on the Nicolay side of that national forest. So there's all different types of people there. Um, in addition, it happens to house our DMV downstairs and UW Extension as well. Wow, you 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 could uh, get a lot of work done if you had your if you planned things and uh, scheduled a couple of meetings or a couple of stops there. Right, definitely, and, and like you said, the the museum there is real nice. They do change the displays each year, and um, they've got a little gift shop as well. So it's a wonderful stop. There's a a dog park outside. It's an RV. Uh, there's an RV dump station there, and a little hiking trail that's about a mile that goes around the property as well. So it's kind of a one stop shop for a lot of information related to Florence County. Wonderful. Well, Wendy, we're going to let you go, but we'll uh, we'll be running your ad uh, for the next uh, couple months, and we'll talk to you again probably in early May, maybe late April. You and I will get together and figure out the best time for that. Okay, great. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate you bet. it. You bet. Wendy Gelhoff is the Executive Director of Florence County Economic Development, and this was brought to you by Florence County, Wisconsin. Their website is exploreflorencecounty.com. And you can learn more on that website. You can learn all about the activities we talked about and the Visitor Center and much, much more. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Get outside and let us be your guide. Lawrence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for a safe Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Lawrence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 miles of wooded UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to the ExploreFlorenceCounty.com lodging, dining, and recreation tabs to plan your trip. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. 
Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888 join RGS. If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show... Catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And Cedar Lake Sales is open for business. You can check out their website or Facebook page for updates and details. And they've got everything ready to go as you get your boat out for the summer. And uh, they've got a, uh, an event that runs through this Saturday, April 10th, with the in-store specials, giveaways, and uh, seminars as well on electronics, smallmouth fishing, and spring walleyes. You do need to pre-register, so if you're hearing this on Saturday, I'm sorry you didn't get to get to those events but i'm sure they will uh, set you up with some great deals as you get ready to get your boat out for the year yep and uh, if you missed an episode of outdoor wisconsin of course you can watch any show from the past several seasons at milwaukeepbs.org and if you miss deer hunt wisconsin you can still watch it online on the deer hunt wisconsin youtube channel and uh, the the milwaukee pbs folks are running season 30 now of outdoor Wisconsin. So uh, that's uh, six, seven years ago. So some that's a few years ago. That's um, one of the first years I think I was on the show. Okay, is either 30 or is either 30? Yeah, it was, maybe it was 31. So, but uh, yeah, it's a while ago, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so for a lot of people, it'll be new stuff, and for for a lot of people, it'll be, oh, yeah, that was fun. I'm going to watch it again, or I've seen it. Don't need to watch it again. You know, whatever. For sure. Well, if you missed anything we talked about on today's radio show, you can log on to lake-link.com. Go to the Outdoor Radio page and click on that. You can listen to this show and past shows up to about a year ago and uh, and take us with you wherever you go. You can find Dan on social media at Dan Small Outdoors, and you can find me at Hardwater Jeff. And my friend Roger Vanderlock, who lives over in the Manitowoc area, wrote in with this fishing report. He says people are getting steelhead and browns in both the East and West Twin Rivers and in Silver Creek and Fisher Creek, along with some in the Manitowoc and Little Manitowoc and Branch Rivers. In addition to the stream action, trollers are getting browns south of the Manitowoc breakwall on Lake Michigan on stickbait, spoons, and flasher fly, fly combos. We welcome your uh, input, your reports. Uh, if you have any, just email them to us at dsoradio at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, if it's something newsworthy, we may share it. 
Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. And you can buy his CD, Anglin' Wayne and the Trollers, which has our two theme songs, You Get a Line and Trolling Home to You. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend and join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. You've been listening to Outdoors Radio, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. And the heron is fishing on one cold leg when the loon cries lover in the blue north wind I'll be trolling home to you when my wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel is just too lazy to lure When the worms go dry In the coffee can, honey